Welcome to the Folktale Project. This is Dan Charles. Today we have part two of the Yellow Dwarf, and where we've left things off, the Queen has gone out to search for the Fairy of the Desert, and instead, in trying to avoid her terrible lions, she has fallen in with the yellow dwarf to whom she has promised her daughter Bellissima. And now the yellow dwarf has saved for the moment the queen by rushing her into the trunk of the orange tree that he lives in. This is The Yellow Dwarf Part 2. The queen was so confused that at first she did not notice another little door in the orange tree, but presently it opened and she found herself in a field of thistles and nettles. It was encircled by a muddy ditch, and a little further on was a tiny thatched cottage, out of which came the yellow dwarf with a very jaunty air. He wore wooden shoes and a little yellow coat, and as he had no hair and very long ears, he looked altogether a shocking little object. "'I am delighted!' he said to the queen, that as you are to be my mother-in-law, you should see the little house in which your bellissima will live with me. With these thistles and nettles she can feed a donkey which she can ride whenever she likes. Under this humble roof no weather can hurt her. She will drink the water of this brook and eat frogs which grow very fat about here, and then she will have me always with her, handsome, agreeable, and gay as you see me now. For if her shadow stays by her more closely than I do, I shall be surprised." The unhappy queen, seeing all at once what a miserable life her daughter would have with this dwarf, could not bear the idea and fell down insensible without saying a word. When she revived, she found, to her great surprise, that she was lying in her own bed at home, and, what was more, that she had on the loveliest lace nightcap that she had ever seen in her life. At first she thought that all her adventures, the terrible lions, and her promise to the yellow dwarf that he should marry Bellissima must have been a dream. But there was the new cap, with its beautiful ribbon and lace to remind her that it was all true, which made her so unhappy that she could neither eat, drink, nor sleep for thinking of it. The princess, who, in spite of her willfulness, really loved her mother with all her heart, was much grieved when she saw her looking so sad, and often asked her what was the matter. But the queen, who didn't want her to find out the truth, only said that she was ill, or that one of her neighbors was threatening to make war against her. Bellissima knew quite well that something was being hidden from her, and that neither of these was the real reason of the queen's uneasiness. So she made up her mind that she would go and consult the fairy of the desert about it, especially as she had often heard how wise she was, and she thought that at the same time she might ask her advice as to whether it would be as well to be married or not. So, with great care, she made some of the proper cake to pacify the lions, and one night went up to her room very early, pretending that she was going to bed, but instead of that, she wrapped herself in a long white veil, and went down a secret staircase and set off all by herself to find the witch. But, when she got as far as the same fatal orange tree and saw it covered with flowers and fruit, she stopped and began to gather some of the oranges, and then, putting down her basket, she sat down to eat them. But when it was time to go on again, the basket had disappeared, and, though she looked everywhere, not a trace of it could she find. The more she hunted for it, the more frightened she got, and at last she began to cry. Then, all at once, she saw before her the yellow dwarf. 
What's the matter with you, my pretty one? said he. What are you crying about? Alas, she answered, no wonder that I am crying, seeing that I have lost the basket of cake that was to help me get safely to the cave of the fairy of the desert. And what do you want with her, pretty one? said the little monster. For I am a friend of hers, and, for the matter of that, I am quite as clever as she is. The queen, my mother, replied the princess, has fallen lately into such deep sadness that I fear that she will die, and I am afraid that perhaps I am the cause of it, for she very much wishes me to be married, and I must tell you truly that, as yet, I have not found anyone I consider worthy to be my husband, so for all these reasons I wish to talk to the fairy. Do not give yourself any further trouble, princess, answered the dwarf. I can tell you all you want to know better than she could. The queen, your mother, has promised you in marriage. She has promised me? interrupted the princess. Oh, no, I'm sure she has not. She would have told me if she had. I am too much interested in the matter for her to promise anything without my consent. You must be mistaken. Beautiful princess, cried the dwarf suddenly, throwing himself on his knees before her. I flatter myself that you will not be displeased at her choice when I tell you that it is to me she has promised the happiness of marrying you. You? cried Bellissima, starting back. My mother wishes me to marry you? How can you be so silly as to think of such a thing? Oh, it isn't that I care much to have that honor, cried the dwarf angrily. But here are the lions coming. They'll eat you up in three mouthfuls, and there will be an end of you and your pride. And indeed, at that moment, the poor princess heard the dreadful howls coming nearer and nearer. What shall I do? she cried. Must all my happy days come to an end like this? The malicious dwarf looked at her and began to laugh spitefully. At last, he said, you have the satisfaction of dying unmarried. A lovely princess like you must surely prefer to die rather than be the wife of a poor little dwarf like myself. Oh, don't be angry with me, cried the princess, clasping her hands. I'd rather marry all the dwarves in the world than die in this horrible way. Look at me, princess, before you give me your word, said he. I don't want you to promise me in a hurry. Oh, cried she, the lions are coming. I have looked at you enough. I am so frightened. Save me this minute or I shall die of terror. And that is the end of part two of the Yellow Dwarf. And we see that the princess is in fact digging herself ever deeper into this mess that her mother had started. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. You'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.